0: Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to the episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. What if I told you that you could raise or lower your car at the push of a button, not have to worry about air have stock suspension at every position level. You would tell me I was crazy. Well, let me tell you something. The guys with Demon Motorsports out of Crystal River, Florida, have solved your problem. Ryan Lothar over there is making an on-the-fly adjustable hydraulic setup. And I know what you're thinking. Hydraulics, don't they ride stiff? This is a different kind of hydraulic setup. This particular setup uses short hydraulic rams to adjust your torsion housings and your torsion uh, setting mounts on the fly as you go down the road. It's all designed and run by one hydraulic pump that runs off of twelve volts, not forty-eight. It works well within the capacity. It's all hard lines, all professional grade equipment. And you can have this in your bus or bug and adjust your suspension on the fly and always have the stock spring settings. I checked these guys out a few weeks ago online, looked at their stuff. I got real interested about it and I reached out to Ryan, got him on the podcast and we get Down deep into the whole setup. So, uh, make sure if you guys reach out to these guys, let them know that you heard about on Let's Talk Dubs. Uh, I think I'm getting one for my bus because I'm really digging the setup. So, unfortunately, George T is going to have to help install the system. But uh, according to Ryan, this system is really easy to put in. So, we'll find out. I'll probably be placing my order with him tomorrow. So, You guys have to get in line. He's got a little bit of lead time on getting these systems because they're all hand-built, but they definitely look like good quality equipment, and I'm really digging the adjustability on the fly, be able to lay out your bus, raise it up to stock height, not have to fill up air tanks, not have to have stiff, jacked-up ride. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. But before we get into it, let's get into some of the shout-outs this week. Mark Contavita out of Biloxi, Mississippi picked up some merch from the podcast website. We appreciate him. Appreciate all of our listeners. Make sure you guys get on to Apple Podcasts and you give us a review. I'm at 190 reviews right now, guys. It's not a lot for 10 of you fools to get out there. Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Punch it in there. Type in your description. Don't forget to leave your name in your description so you'll get a shout out on the podcast. Come on, guys. Let's get up to 200 reviews. Seriously. Make sure you go to YouTube and search "Let's Talk Dubs" and subscribe to our YouTube page. Also, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. If you guys got any topics or things you want to hear about, don't forget shoot me an email at bill@letstalkdubs.com. At so I got a bus show alert that May fifteenth they're going to be doing the buses on the pier in Huntington Beach again. So make sure you guys get set up for that. Uh, we'll have Don Ramsey back on here from the uh VW. Uh, clan on here and we'll talk about the details on that event coming up also i also understand that we're going to have the bug in again this year june 20th 2021 is going to be the southern california bug in august 22nd will be Hot VW's drag day and this year they'll be doing the socal vintage Treffen on september 12th of 2021 and another vw drag day october 31st so you guys, make sure you prepare to get into it this show season. Get your stuff out there, polish up your junk, and drag it out. Without any further ado, guys, let's get into it this week with Demon Motorsports. Fully adjustable hydraulic suspension for your Type 2 or your Type 1 on this week's Let's Talk Dubs. A Volkswagen
1: is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen, covered by VW Motor
0: Okay everybody, so on today's podcast um, I've been looking at suspension, the world of suspension the VW world goes any which way you want to go from from air to readjusted torsions and and the, the coolest thing that I've run across recently is uh, Demon Motorsports USA and they're out of uh, Crystal River, Florida and uh, on today's show I've got Ryan Louther with uh, Demon Motorsports on the podcast. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks
2: man, glad to be here.
0: Hey, so the way we always start the podcast is obviously we all you know, you're on here for the suspension, but we always start with what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens?
2: Right, right. Well, my first Volkswagen I got I was like seventeen, but I actually I had I had a sixty-nine Dodge Charger with my first car and I was Driving it, and trying to fix it up at the same time. So I thought oh, I got to get another car so that I can park that thing. Yeah. And work on it, but so my dad finds me a bug, a Volkswagen bug, and I. After that, I get another one, and then another one, and then another one, and never fix the charger After that, I just kept kept on with the the bugs and uh till like the nineties, and then uh then I got a mini truck and went went that route, and that's kind of where I. I learned a lot about hydraulics, and I actually got a job at a place that uh, we did a bunch of stuff, hydraulics, we were making yachts, and stuff like that. But yeah, I built this mini truck with a dancing bed and stuff like that. So, so that this was, was fun. but uh,
0: so interestingly, is the V? There's, there's always like the 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 difference between VW guys, especially West Coast here, like VW guys and and mini truckers. It's kind of two different worlds, although it's the same era.
2: Yeah, everybody. Yeah, it was Mini Trucks or Volkswagen, and everybody everybody had both. Really, everybody I knew did. Yeah, we we're into every all of that stuff. So
0: and so but, you start you start working for a company that does hydraulics. That's where you get your hydraulic experience. So at a young age, you were doing yeah. hydraulic beds and stuff.
2: No, actually, the guy my next door neighbor worked at a place where I got the job, where I learned about a lot of that stuff. But he was it was a fabrication shop, mm-hmm. and it's called Markwit. We built like the davits and cranes that lift the small boats but even the small boats could have been 25 foot bone (laughs) we'd lift them onto mega yachts and we built like hydraulic gangways and all that kind of stuff so he actually helped me with my dancing bed on the on my mini truck because you could fabricate i didn't know how to fabricate or anything like that i was always making stuff but it was more bolting stuff together doing what i had to do right Uh, so so at that time you know I, i got the job helping him at that place he was the vice president it was a big company mm-hmm. so we just i just learned a bunch about hydraulic stuff then and him helping me with my dancing, and doing stuff figured you know i learned a lot of hydraulic stuff then too and i learned how to fabricate and dig well and everything at that place. so and, that's where all that came <laughs> and,
0: and what was your mini truck of choice
2: I had a Mazda, an '86 Mazda B2000,
0: the B2000, the of
2: tops con- convertible top, and <laughs> you name it, neon underneath of it with the swirly wheels that stuck out. It was, it was straight up '90s, and spent six months painting some crazy airbrush paint job. Never done any of that in my life either. Nice. And, uh, it was it was yeah it was a, if you've seen it, it's definitely straight up out of
0: the 90s You know I, I've always been a VW guy and I've owned a few mini trucks in my life and I just recently had a 620 that I sold to a guy up in Oregon who's doing like a full resto on it. and mm-hmm. the first mini truck I bought, I wasn't into the car scene at the time. It was kind of when I was taking a car break and I was more focused on my job, but I needed a truck for work so I bought this B this B 2200 and I have right. to tell you, it's the slowest vehicle I ever ever (laughs) drove in my freaking life. And I'm used to driving 40 horse Volkswagens and I get in this truck and this thing will not get out of its own way. And I was really shocked because I used to think like, Man, how nice would it be to have a mini truck that could go so fast and all stuff?
2: Yeah. And I That was, was kind of the thing out of the from getting out of the Volkswagens. It was like like we're not even getting out of them, but like, you know, I'd like to have something I could drive down the highway with the air conditioning on. Like, that would be nice. You yeah. Know, Volkswagens were like, you yeah, <laughs> you do it, but it was definitely uh kind of like driving a go-kart around all the time.
0: Yeah, it's definitely I think mini but, trucking is more like definitely like just cruise and listen to music type thing oh, versus yeah. versus like uh, you know, with a bug, man, you're like you're you're just whether you're trying to race people or whatever. It just seems like you're always on in a Volkswagen and a mini truck. You just kind of like just cruise, yeah. cruise a strip yep. and just bump yep. your tunes. That's you it. know,
2: that's it. So <laughs> exactly.
0: so so you're into VWs. You you, you jump into yep. into mini trucks for a little bit and then bounce back yeah, into yeah. VWs again. Around- yeah,
2: I actually I I after the mini truck I sold the mini truck and I got a, some fast cars and you know I helped that. It kind of like evolved where my wife wanted a a fast car. So we built her a Mustang and I have friends and they all have fast cars. So we started doing drag car stuff. And then I started Demon Motorsports and we were doing mostly like funny car cages and roll cages and building turbo stuff. And, And I'm not an engine builder or nothing, but I can fabricate all this stuff. So that's we started doing all that. And all this time, I'm not into fast cars at all. I could, I could care would Never watched really any of them go, you know. Right. But uh, never. Even, I mean, we would go to the track with her car and stuff, but you never would go out just to see some of these other cars that we built, race or anything like that. And they're winning all over the place. It was crazy. Nice. And, uh, and
0: so, you, so you take your fabrication sk- skills and make your own career out of it. Like, is that your yeah. own business?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, we started. Geez, it was. Yeah. Probably almost twenty five years ago that we started doing it.
0: Now you, I, you, my
2: cousin helped me help me start start off. He was a mechanic, so he taught me a lot of uh, mechanic stuff, and I taught him a lot of fabrication stuff. Well, and what's well.
0: and what's interesting is I, there's a there's definitely a different kind of person that does fabrication work because my total cumulative time on a mill or excuse me a lathe is about 14 minutes machining a stock bus (laughs) hub for a steering wheel and then i got worn out i was like yeah you know what man i don't have the patience. like it's it's real kind of focused and tedious you know what i mean and you
2: have to have so much patience to do yeah i mean tig welding and all that is the same thing it's not like you know MIG welding is quick and easy and fast like tig welding every little puddle and well, that's what I,
0: you know, and, and and I realized quickly, like my brother will tell you about my caterpillar weld, my, my caterpillar welds around my welds around my uh, narrow torsion housings, <laughs> and I'm pretty proud of them. He laughs at them, and uh, you know, but but in the machining and fabrication world, I think there's like you have to be really good with delayed gratification. Like I want it right now, and right. in the fabrication world, you got to be in the long play to like take your time, machine yep. it, fit all the parts and pieces. And, you know, it, it's, as you've entered that world and, and did that for business, is it difficult to find people that are good at that to, to come to work with you and stuff?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I luckily, now I just, I got, he was helping me and another guy, Robert, helping me and both of them. They're, they're, they both love to learn this stuff and, and I feel grateful to be able to teach them what I was, you know, I, I like I said I got that job and those guys there taught me and. They taught me a lot. But, I mean, I listened, though. You know, <laughs> I kept my ears open. We had a machinist, a really old machinist, that used stuff that's just mind-boggling. Like what, what they know, you, you'll never know that much. <laughs> it's, right. it's just crazy. So to be able to even share some of that stuff with them is, is awesome. I know. It's actually one of my favorite parts is just being able to teach you know, people the stuff that I was taught.
0: Well, and as a young kid getting into that world, there's a lot – like when you're going in there, I'm sure you ran into a lot of salty machinists, and a lot of guys that are like – like young kids today I don't know if they could make it through like coming in as the low man on the totem pole in an, in a business like that where it's yeah. like tolerances are critical there's no goofing around and yeah. you know what I mean like it it's definitely uh you know you got to be a quick study for that and you're either you're either capable of doing that kind of work or not so kudos Exactly yeah yeah kudos to you man for having the patience cuz I we, my nickname is Three Bolt Billy, and I'll get three bolts on it, and I'm down. Like, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm trying to get my picture. I'm trying to drive by the mirror, plate glass windows on the boulevard, so I could look at myself in my car. Like that's that's where that's where I'm trying to be on the same day, you know. So right, right. Yeah, but plenty of kudos to you, man, for being a a real patient yeah, dude. So so now you work in, in the hydraulic kind of. Coming up with in the hydraulic world and you start your fabrication well, business and you know, have I mean, the experience. We didn't
2: even do anything hydraulics when, when we first started. Like I said, it was almost entirely race cars and ninety nine percent drag race cars is what we were doing, you know, stuff for them or some some hot rod stuff and stuff like that. But so roll cages, they, tube you know, chassis,
0: things things like that.
2: Yeah. back having cars, front half cars or you know, a lot of turbo stuff. Cause there's a lot of fabricating and all that just to to build all that stuff, right? So, but we, everything we did was like always super nice and super clean. And it's, it's thought, the way it looked, you know, because you can do it and, and it'll work, but you know, it's a, it only has to work once, right? In a wreck, you know, but if it looks good all the many years that you have your car, <laughs> that's the way it should be, yeah. So, that's kind of where we, you know, it, it took off after that because we just did everything super nice like that, but then uh. I wanted to get a another Volkswagen in, and I, I had a big Jeep lifted Wrangler that I did with, like, triangulated front and rear suspension, all 39-inch tires. It was just, it was a monster. And I lived in South Florida at the time, so there was absolutely no place to take the thing right. but, but the road, you know? And uh, I had that for a little bit, and then I wanted a, a my cousin's neighbor had a bus for sale. Or, not for sale, but it was in his backyard. Yeah. So... My cousin talked to him and I bought that thing. This was it wasn't even that long ago. It was probably fifteen years ago. I bought that thing for six hundred bucks and drove it out of his backyard. <laughs> it was like it was a rusty thing, but I, I had that for not even six months and we were moving up to central Florida up here where I live now and uh, I was moving down a dirt road with uh, you know, like Lime Rock Road, so there ain't no way I'm gonna be able to get this in. But I lowered it some by Flipping the reduction boxes and that kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, cut and turn the front beam. Probably pull some leaves out of the front. You know, all the wrong ways to do it. I did it. Well, now, now,
0: uh, and it's interesting because as a fabricator, my impression is that as a fabricator, your mind's always turning, like, how to do things differently. But when you get in the VW world, you just, like, you go right to, like, okay, what are the guys doing to lower their stuff? And you start looking up stuff and go, okay, that seems pretty simple. I'll do that because that's what the guys are doing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Flip the spindles. You know, I, mm-hmm. there's, you know, I know Wolfsburg or wagons. He's got a great, uh, tutorial online, on how to flip your spindles. Yeah. I think that's great of him to even do that. Like that's what he does. Yeah. He, he's showing everybody how to do it the right way too. It's like, if you can fabricate, you can follow his instructions and do it. Yeah. It's, I, I look at it all the time, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I did that, and you know, I had that bus for a little bit, and we were moving up here. So I sold it to one of my customers. Like, 1200 bucks is what I had into it at the time. Right.
0: You're thinking, like, like, you like, cut a fat hog, like, well, I've made some money. $600. Yeah, a bus.
2: Not, not even. It was just like, <laughs> I was just so much to move, and we were, it was just hectic. And I was like, whatever, I'll you know, do something later, figure out what to do. So I moved up here, and I started, I got a sand rail frame, and I was going to build a sand rail in there. But I just kept coming back. I was like, man, and. and Bus prices were coming up. So, oh my wife, I I don't get another bus now. I'm just never going to get another bus because they're just too expensive. So, uh, I found one from a guy on the Samba in Texas and we, it was the first time I even drove that far out of the state. (laughs) It was crazy. Actually, the first time I ever drove out of state at all. Well, I've been up to Georgia once before that. So we, uh, we went over and got that and brought it back home and I'm, I have it in my carport. I figured I didn't want to do it at work because I'm already at work. Right. 70 hours a week. <laughs> like, let's just do it at home. So I kept lowering it, though, you know, like this stuff on the wheel up higher and higher and higher. And how the frick am I going to get this thing home? It's just not going to happen. And uh, so I was looking into air ride and, uh, you know, thinking I was going to go that route. And I had hydraulic cylinders left over from the dancing bed on my mini truck. Uh huh. So yeah, like, you know, 20 year old hydraulic cylinder sitting there (laughs) like huh so I started thinking and I had thought about this back when I was a kid when I had my bunk when I was a kid going to school I just remember thinking that you know being able to twist the torsion bars in the middle I didn't know how to do anything like that back then though right but but, you know so now I'm like thinking huh, okay I got machines and stuff here and I just started cutting it up and and got the front end to go up and down and figured out how I was going to do the back end and I got the back end up, go up and down, and I never intended to do another one. It was just so that I could drive home because, like I said, I lived on a dead-end dirt road. Yeah. So that was the whole intention of all that, just just so I could get home. But then, you know, people started asking me about it and then asking me about it, Everywhere I go, everybody wanted to see how it was done and you know, show them, and then you tell them it's hydraulic. And they go, oh, man, it must ride like crap then. But not even remotely, well, I only have one battery. <laughs> and, and, and
0: that's the interesting part. And by now, people listening to the podcast are going down in the details and clicking on the links and going to, like your, going to your website and going to your Facebook and going to see what we're talking about. Because what we're talking about specifically with hydraulics, because what's been known in the past in the world like, like hydraulic suspension has been hydraulic rams in place of the coil springs on all four corners. Right. And the right. system that you developed is completely different.
2: Not exactly. It's not even remotely like that. I mean, it's the same style cylinders, but besides that, it's it's it, the, the the cylinders actually twist the torsion bars in the middle, like we're got on a beam where you have adjusters. Right. We link the top and the bottom together, and then use one hydraulic cylinder, just one, to push the twist both of them at the same time. So it twists both of them from inside the car. So you can just push it up and down. You can push it up and down 50 times in a row. So you don't like air ride. You have to wait for the compressors to fill You don't have to do it. None of that stuff.
0: Right. And what's genius? So when I saw the suspension setup, and I'm I'm contemplating getting one for my one of my buses, and I'm like, I'm looking at, it and I'm thinking, man, this is so cool. Like this is genius because you use a short a short ram. So it, mm-hmm. it's it's not like you got tons of throw, which means it's super responsive. There's there's a a multiplier on the on the linear actuator to rotate the, you know the the torsion fixed points and that yeah. just throws the car up and down and the entire time no matter where it's set you have the stock suspension preload
2: exactly, exactly. wherever wherever it once the car is off the ground the springs are twisted the same amount whether it's at the you know really an inch off the ground or if it's four inches off the ground so I,
0: I would think the only thing you got to be real careful of is like you still have full travel when you're an inch off the ground so you got to be careful like you bottom out sure. yeah because yeah, you're going to bottom out because you have yeah. suspension So, um, yeah, yeah, because, you know, I think, I mean, I'm in my, uh, I'm like, I'm 48. So as we, as we get older, like we love the look of slammed cars, Mm -hmm. but it's like a super slammed car. Looks so good but right i everybody's like oh, i rides like a cadillac they don't ride like cadillacs like i don't care <laughs> i don't care what anybody yeah. says like because a cadillac you don't have limited articulation the steering you don't have all right. these other issues and so you're you're always right. as a guy who's trying to be cool and stay cool you're trying to yeah. keep your car as low to the ground as possible and then if you want to drive it if you actually want to use your car you know it's got to be functional so that's why like my buses aren't super low like i I've got a little bit, I mean, I I literally have in one of my buses, I think I have like a, you know, like two fingers of clearance between the uh, top of the tire and the top of the, and the, and the bottom of the uh, fender in the front, because I don't have, you know, it's, I don't have them tubbed and, uh, you know, but it's just been one of those things where, you know, I want to drive it. I want it to look low. It's low enough for me. Would I like it lower? Oh, heck yeah. I think it would look so good just with the tires tucked up. Is it drivable like that? Man, not really, but with your <laughs> with your suspension, it is. And the thing that I've always ne- I've never had a car in air, and I've even got some other V8 cars. Like I've got a Buick Riviera, which is a four coil car that will lend oh, yeah. itself perfectly to air. But I've oh, always yeah. I've always just had a concern about air, about you know hose leaks and the car. Sim. It's bad enough when you got a couple cars and the battery's dead on one of three every time, yeah. and you know yeah. all that stuff. You worry about that type of stuff, and you know looking at The suspension style that you've gone with it's it's really ingenious that you know i I would assume and correct me if i'm wrong but with the short throw of that ram obviously doesn't take a lot of juice you don't need multiple batteries because it's just under a typical cycle right
2: yeah it the the pump that we're using that well the for the most part we had some customers want chrome pumps and this you know those kind of things but for the most part the ones that come with the, with the kit the one that I have in my bus is basically a, a pump like you would have in a dump trailer or a tailgate lift on a truck you know right and you know those things are super reliable you know, don't see people fixing them all the time because they're they're whoa you know a lot of people think that they, they, they see low riders and they're breaking hoses and popping things and all this well they're running a 12 volt pump with 48 plus volts going to it and that's ninety percent of the reason why they're breaking stuff. you know that pump is a twelve volt pump. you can't if you put forty eight volts to it, that's four times the power that it's supposed to have and and it spins fast, but they're just trying to make them hop, which is awesome. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but right, but know, the reason we don't have issues is because we're not doing that. We're using just twelve volts and I just recently put an alternator on mine, and I've had the generator on it for eight years now. But I put AC in mine, and the fans were too much for the generator, but it was never too much for the for the hydraulics. Never an issue at all. It's still just one battery, the, the one that was always there.
0: And so it runs to your stock battery because you don't need to increase the voltage because it goes up. Now, how would you, if somebody, I mean, it goes up. I've seen the videos of it online, and it goes up relatively quick. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody who wants to hop their Volkswagen, but most of us would want it so that we yeah. could just adjust the attitude when you pull into a car show
2: exactly that's what i designed it it wasn't to make it hop or anything like that it was just it's just just more like the way airbags work or the the idea behind them at least you know right well they want them to work with this (laughs) just so you can like lift it up if you you're pulling it into a gas station just reach up and click the switches and it goes up and you can pull into the gas station without rubbing anything or bottoming out and lower it back down while you're driving and it'll always ride good and you know, we don't have to deal with, like, on-air ride where you have to wait for the compressor to fill or, or any of that stuff. It It's always ready to go. Mine's got a remote control hooked up to it, like a keychain remote.
0: Really? And
2: you, yeah, you just push the button. I can push the button before I even get in there. It could sit in front of my house for a month, and I can just go in, before I even start it up, push the button, and it lifts up. <laughs> Back, right That's there. rad. Now, yeah, now walk me
0: walk me through the components in the system, or, or what's the best way... If you're going to describe this, you know, to somebody, w- walk me through the, from beginning to end the system.
2: Okay. Well, for the front end, we build a beam that has the hydraulics in there. A lot of people ask me if we just sell them the centerpiece, but it's more involved than in all that. And pretty much the hydraulic part is the most complicated part of it, and the rest of it's not much more. So, but, uh, on the buses, they're kind of cantilevered off to the side with cylinders mounted off to the side. But the part where the torsion springs still tighten up is in the center still. So then there's a grub screw that's still in the center that you have to tighten up just like you would a factory. Right. And uh, But the cylinder sits off center. We just did that because the shift rod on the bus runs through the middle. And you know, the steering, the factory steering, let's say, is in the middle. So we couldn't put the cylinder there. So we just moved it off to the side, which that isn't how mine is. Mine, I have the cylinders on the back, but it's a whole different story. That's like, we'll just call it prototype number one. And it wasn't perfect, so I made it perfect after we did that. But uh, now the way they are, they got bronze bushings inside and everything in that cantilever part. For the front or the rear, you're talking about? In the the front. front, In in the front beam, yeah. Okay. So we sell the, the the whole front end, we just bolt in. We build the beam with eight degrees caster in it, too, so... It'll drive down the road much straighter than you know, zero degrees where they came with. So yeah, because on,
0: on some of the buses when you start lowering, they start to track pretty good, like left to right. You're you're busy like, uh, you but know. That's tra-
2: because they they don't have any caster built in them. They're like set at zero. So if we just move that fo- the bottom tube forward, so it's it's eight degrees, which that does is just change your uh, your kingpin angle. Which yeah. is like if you had Balsy's, so it would be like that, you know. Sure. They make camber shim for, for bugs when, you, when you're when you lowering them because you're basically raking the whole car down, you know. So if you we have just the front down, now you just tilted, that changes your, your caster angle. And, uh, caster is what makes your car go down the street. Caster is what makes your steering wheel turn back to center when you let go of it in your regular car. Yeah. You know, you turn to the left and you let go the steering wheel and it comes back straight. It's because of the caster in front of it, so... We build the beams with eight degrees caster, and it's just like a night and day difference from leaving them straight up. I just that's one of my uh, favorite parts about it. And uh, most of the ones that we do, we put our rack and pinion steering in them too, which is that's a whole nother subject. But
0: on like the rack and pair pin. rack and paint well well i want to get into that in a minute but let's let's yeah. finish walk through the system so you've got your front suspension
2: yeah that whole beam will bolt right in on the bug it's the same thing it just bolts right in you still need drop spindles and uh, on a bus there's obviously tubs and stuff like that you need on the buggy you can pretty much just put drop spindles on there it's going to front in on the ground and then uh the rear is a uh, an assembly that we make are both the bug and the bus and you have to weld them in on both. And on a bug, you have to take the pan out. You probably don't have to. I've never done it that way. We've always just pulled the pans off, flipped them over and flipped them back over and back over and back over just while we're cutting it. And I have templates set up for all that where you don't even need to take a tape measure. You just lay this stuff down and uh, trace it, cut it out, cut the center torsion out and our unit, the whole piece that we make, just flips right in and weld it in and Basically, that's it. After you do that, then we have the pump, the valves. And well, so
0: let me ask. But let me back up real quick to that, that rear center section. So the rear center section, it's got like the, the female uh, cogs for yes. the torsion housings, like factory ones.
2: Yeah, the spline part where the torsion, this, the rear torsion spring would just slide right into. So it.
0: you have those made or cut them out of stock Volkswagens?
2: no, we, you can buy that part. You can buy that part for Baja Bugs, basically, so.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 the, the inside, the, the, I don't know what yeah. they, what do they call that?
2: A spline torsion center, or I don't know.
0: Oh, okay, so you guys start with a, <laughs> it, it's all new pieces you're starting with.
2: Yes, yeah. The only one that we can't do is a bay window, because, well, I mean, I'm sorry, we we can do it, but we can't do it with a new part, because I haven't been able to find that part yet. We right. can get it, you know, like, uh was edm or something a way of cutting it with this metal wire which is super accurate but just very expensive we're getting a brooch made which we haven't you know we've done two three bay windows now so <laughs> we're not up to the part where uh, we're going to start spending that kind of money on a part that uh we haven't got enough orders for yet so right
0: right but. so um now we're on the rear so we're talking about the rear suspension yeah. so you take that centerpiece now how hard let's say you got a bus and you're at home and you buy the kit is it yeah. is is it a big deal to weld it or is it if you're if you're fairly handy with a welder you can handle it pretty good
2: you, yeah absolutely we, i when we started to to build the kits you know i had a friends a couple friends over here that we were doing the Carmen and then we had another bus in here and, and the whole time i just saying, it's just it has to be so that anybody can do it. I don't want to I mean as long as you can pick up a welder and weld you know, or have a buddy that can weld, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like the cutting part is pretty much straightforward, you know, for for most people but I uh, I wanted to make it as simple as I could. And on the bug is literally there's three or four different templates and you just lay them on there and you and here drill it. And Cut when the, here. <laughs> and when they buy the
0: and when they buy the kit from you, you send templates with it.
2: Yep. Everyone.
0: Okay. And so what kind of time do you think it takes? I mean, swap out the front beam. I mean, it depends on how complete they're buying a beam, I'm assuming. If they just get in the center housings and they've got all their, like in my case, if I'm buying a setup, I've got all of my uh, spindles and brakes and all that stuff already dialed in. Right. You just sell a center yeah. section with the hydraulic ram and everything in it, just bolt in, bolt out.
2: In the front, yeah, the front would just bolt right in. You, there's a little bit of trimming to do on a on a bus mm-hmm. where that you know that bulkhead thing that comes down that holds the the cover that you, nobody with lowered buses ever use, <laughs> right? The splash you know, pan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. splash pan, yeah. You know the, those there's those bulkheads that hold that in. The one in the front where the hydraulic cylinder goes, you have to notch that up. But that's that's really it. Right there is the only issue with that. Okay, right on a bug, there's nothing to cut at all up in the front. Those spare tire and all that stuff just goes right back in. You don't have to put any holes up there at all.
0: So then, time wise to put it in, you got a full day or two days to put the thing in.
2: Yeah, we, I mean, it all depends on, like I said, on the bug. If you got to take the body off, you know what that can mean. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes oh, <yeah. laughs> it could be if it was just off last year. It's going to be an easy one if it's never been off. You might, be you, look, you might be looking for a new
0: car after you're done with fourteen <laughs> yeah. cracked bolt heads like, in your...
2: That's why people ask me, is there any way I can do it with it on? I'm like, well, yeah. You, you, if you were to leave the body on, you'd have to cut that little area that goes, you know, where your shifter is now, or above the transmission there, right? Like towards towards the backside where those where the body bolts to the pan right there. You yeah. have to cut that section off. And I'm, I mean, I guess if your car is that rusty and you don't want to have to take it apart, you don't really care about cutting that piece out. So, you know. It could be done. I just haven't done it that way. I don't
0: know. If you're calling me and you're about to drop, drop four or five Gs on some suspension, you might want to look for a good car first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you might. But so, then again, I mean, right? the
0: hydraulic ram could rip the whole car in half. You know what I mean? Like, so we just want, yeah. you well, want to you be s- a little
2: careful. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but maybe some people are really committed to the rust, man. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, <I hear> you. <laughs> so the rear suspension, I mean, so then when you put, you, you cut that center section out, you weld it in place. Mm-hmm. And there's indexing lines and all that stuff that you reference. So it says, hey, line this up with this. So so the kit comes pretty like everything's laid out and it's got instructions so that you know how to put it in. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's, yeah, it's Like I said, it's pretty super simple to really be laid out. And, everything, so.
0: and then once you get that center section welded in, front beam on, then you just reset your spring plates to, I mean, I guess you don't really preload them, huh? Because the whole thing's just free moving right now.
2: Well, well, what we do is we try to put a little bit of basically like preloading and preloading. That's a word that that, that people use Volkswagen right world well, like totally wrong, but uh, I mean, right. Preload doesn't make your car ride better. So, but that's another story. <laughs> we, what we're trying to do is have load on the springs when it's still sitting on the ground mm-hmm. so that we're not unwinding the whole torsion bar to lift it back up. So, it, it, what happens is if you push the, the rear button to lift it up, the hydraulic didn't have any, like, twist already in this torsion spring. You have to twist the spring until it twists enough to start lifting the car. That's that much Oh, so less the slack. Yeah. lift. So, yeah, basically slack, yeah. So we call so that
0: – Are we going to call that lift lag? <laughs>
2: yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> you don't want none of that. Yeah. So – so we try to like just we try to set it up, and that's all about the weight of the car. I and mean, if you have a bunch of speakers in the back, you're obviously going to have to adjust that differently. But, but. And that and that's
0: part. manually adjusted with the torsion with the torsion plates. Just like yeah, and the just like we
2: normally do yeah, just just like lowering a car, you can just you know. sure. But it's, it's it's much easier on this because you can position the whole torsion or the whole spring plate in the middle so you don't have to deal with it being all the way up at the top or all the way at the bottom you can just have it in the middle and move it one spline or move the inner one spline and and go from there i think it's a little bit easier than being bashed all the way at the bottom
0: and and so realistically the the easiest thing is you know if you're setting that up that you know your, your biggest i guess failure point would be not having your spring plate set right and you've got half inch of movement in the ram and no suspension travel
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, you're still, the back. there's are still plenty of travel, so you don't have to be like a hundred percent. But you you know, I mean, for me, if it doesn't sit on the ground, then I'm moving, <laughs> it's got to go all the way down, right? So, I'd, I'd rather worry about that than how much how high it's going to go. But uh, sure, at the, still at the end of the day, you can fine tune that, you know what I mean? Like, you know. turn the inners and the outers and fine tune it so
0: so what's the full travel range like from all the way down to all the way up and the ram's moving like what six to eight inches
2: no they're the the cylinders move like two and three quarters that's it they're all different yeah the back one moves a little bit more but maybe it's like three and a half yeah they're they're so short yeah it's crazy it's just like you said before i mean the our arms that are coming off of that are. I don't remember the exact numbers, but you know if it's six inches long, but the spring plate from the torsion bar to the center of your axle is much longer than that. So you get that multiplication right there. Same with the front with the trailing arms. Yeah, it's like that's it's it's it. like
0: compounded movement. Like you move that yeah. you move that whole torsion that whole torsion set a half inch and it moves your suspension three inches outside or two inches you know.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. like an eighth of an inch of cylinder movement would like lift it a good half inch maybe three quarters (laughs) you know it doesn't take a whole lot but it's not like real finicky either though like you when you hit the button if you want to go up a little bit it's not like you're going to get like all the way down and all the way up and that's it because it moves too fast it's not like that at all
0: because you're still running it at 12 volts so it's at a yes it's normal ram speed
2: right right the rear on the bug we use two cylinders just because the ship rod that's like in the, on the buses in the front. The ship line runs through the center, so we can't have one cylinder in the middle, so we use two smaller cylinders, one on either side of it. So on the bus, we just use one bigger cylinder in the middle, and the, the cylinder sits above the ship the shift. Line, so
0: so re- realistically, that. I mean, just all things being equal, let's say you're living somewhere in Georgia or Florida, and you want to take your single cab and put like two ton of rock in the back of the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could crank the cylinders on the suspension and really like – I mean, load it up.
2: Yeah. Like oh, yeah.
0: seriously, like load the crap out of that thing.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, you could put another bus on the back and lift it up. It, the hydraulics are, the hydraulics don't stop. They're going to go, you know, the, your spring is going to get out a sooner or later, but the, yeah, the hydraulics are powerful. They're super powerful. We're only using like 1500 PSI to lift these things. And you know, the, the lines are ready for like 6,000 PSI. So, so based <laughs>
0: on that, I think it takes my next question based on that this system in theory is running at like a quarter capacity less and everything exactly. should last really forever. I mean, other that's than other than stuff getting dry rotted, like lines getting dry rotted if they're exposed to the heat, but most of these guys probably would somewhat take care of their stuff a little bit. And then, yeah, I, I mean, this is stuff that's designed to be under the bed of a truck on a truck that's driven outdoors every day. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like a dozer or stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's this, this, it, it's it's as long as you run your hoses where they're not going to chafe on anything, you might never need a change. On like, I mean, like a lifetime, of never needing to change it. Wow! And you know, people ask me all the time, "Well, you're yeah, illegal." It they, they just they don't go <laughs> right. Just, I mean, like, hey,
0: yeah. When have you seen a when have you seen a guy with a lift gate? Like, oh, bro, I blew a cylinder. Like, they don't. It's
2: very. I mean, yeah, it, it happens, and every now and then you might you know might need to change seals, but but. They're gonna last you years and years and years and years. without yeah. ever after to touch it.
0: And I think going back to what you were saying earlier in respect to you know the hydraulic guys over overusing their hydraulic stuff and then really using long throw cylinders and then putting that much hydraulic pressure into oh, yeah. a into a cylinder to try to get it to pop so quick. The, it,
2: the pressures that they're I mean you drop a, you know a pallet you drop it from. Four feet in the in the air and then when it hits the ground they're pushing the cylinders back out again yeah <laughs> so you know to make them hop again so the the amount of pressure that that's hitting right there is mind-boggling we use pressure release in the in the pumps too the pumps that the standard pumps that we get have pressure release built in there we set those at 2500 so we're still well underneath what the, the hoses and the cylinders could, can carry so, so what does
0: that mean can, what does that mean to me as a consumer?
2: when you push that, when you push the button and run your cylinders all the way out, mm-hmm. the most pressure that you can produce is 2,500, which is like I said, like the, the lines can, it can have a working pressure of like 6,000. That means the working pressure is that. And the, the burst pressure is going to be something like double that or three times that.
1: So oh, wow,
2: <laughs> you're never going to see that. It's just never going to happen. No matter what, you can't make it do that. But right. now on a, on a low rider car with that stuff, they don't have pressure relief valves in there. The, all the chrome pumps that we do we have to drill put the the blocks in the mill and drill put pressure relief valves in them because I don't want to play that game <laughs> yeah, and it's got it's gotta work,
0: <laughs> yeah, and I saw the setup that you do now. so when you sell the the standard bus kit, that yeah. comes with uh, uh the setup mounts on the left side opposite of the battery in the engine compartment, yes, and I saw the kit it's pretty stinking clean, like I looked at it I was like Man, that's super small. Doesn't it, take up a that, bunch of space,
2: right? Yeah, and it's all of it on a bug. It fits underneath the back seat on the opposite side of the battery. So on a bug, you don't even know it's there. Like none of it. There's no air tank. None of that stuff to even try to hide or put anywhere or take up space. Most people ain't using that spot on the left side of the under the seat anyway, or even in the engine compartment of the bus. Most people aren't using that spot over there. And yeah. the valves. The slowdown valve, we use slowdown valves too, so you can adjust the speed of it coming down. You can actually, if you wanted to hit both of them at the same time and time it so it hits the ground at the same time. But uh, we have check valves and all the directional valves. Everything is built right on that pump. So all you have to do is mount the pump, and then there's one hose that goes up to the front and one hose that goes up to the back, and that's it.
0: Man, that's – the more you talk, man, the more I'm like, I think I'm ordering a kit.
1: <laughs> I think I'm, because, you know,
0: my, I, I, I'm, redoing, I'm redoing my bull run bus and I'm kind of converting it a little bit into a podcast studio. But I just think, you know, oh, I just cool. love the way a bus looks just laid out, you know, and my yeah. bus sits on 17s and it's it does not lay out because I like suspension. <laughs> but this but the, here's the here's the thing this answers my question like i there's nothing look my car in my opinion this is my opinion my car is cool enough where i pull in a car show and people are like oh it's a cool car but mm-hmm. it's even that much more cooler if it's if it's like if you could bring it in and just set it on the ground then people are like man yeah. that's yeah. unbelievable but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah no, it's this is uh, man i'm excited now i'm home homesick- cuz i was looking online i'm like man it looks like a lot of work it looks you know what so as i'm going to get into this Let's say I buy a suspension setup. Let's yeah. talk about the steering. Right. You said that's a whole other ball game, and I think we covered everything, right? Yes. So you can buy so you can buy the kit from you spindle yeah. to spindle in the front.
2: The spindles are extra, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we can help you with anything that you need, you know, involved with it. But the, the kit comes with the beam, the rear the hydraulic said everything to make it go up and down. But you'll yeah. need your leaf spring, your trailing arms, and your spindles. Like I said, if you had a bug, you need drop spindle. You have a bus you're going to need. For, to get the buses to lay out, you need five-and-a-half-inch drop spindle, which is – there's other companies that make them. We can help with that too. But sure. But it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to help. Yeah, yeah. But, no uh, problem.
0: No problem. Um, and so let's talk about the front steering. So the front steering, yeah. there's a couple different ways. You Now, can you use your stock steering or no?
2: Yes, yes. Absolutely. If you want to use the stock stuff, but the you know st- any car with a steering box has play in it. You can't buy a new steering box that doesn't have a play for any kind of car. They all have play in it. And it just I hate cars when, with with steering boxes, and it just always drives me nuts. So I I knew right off the bat I was going to do rack and pinion in mine. And I, originally I thought I was going to use like a buggy rack. You know they they have those center load buggy racks with the tie rods attached to the middle. Right. But they have like a one turn lock to lock, which that ain't going to work in a bus for sure. Maybe a bug. Even that would be a little sketchy for the street, so I was able to find another rack that, that we we can use, but we have to get power racks and modify them to make a manual rack. You can't get manual racks anymore because they don't break, but uh nobody rebuild them or anything. Every now and then we're lucky we get to find one, but the power racks, it's, you know, we almost spend a day just modifying these racks to make them work in yeah. the in a bus or a bus, you don't work in either one of them. And the rack you,
0: the rack sorry. you're using is the rack you're using is. I'm I'm sorry, it's a manual rack or a power rack.
2: It's manual, yeah. Okay, you, you could. We did one. I mean, realistically,
0: a, could you run it from the hydraulic pump to run the? But you can no, no.
2: Not. It's a different style yeah, like yeah, yeah. hydraulic pump. It's a lot lower pressure too. That those things, I think they're only like 600 psi, like a regular power steering pump right. runs, and, and it's on all the time too. So.
0: So, the manual rack that you use, it's not a, like it's off the shelf, but you have to do a bunch of fab work to it to make it work.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. And,
0: and what so what's okay, so now brings you to my next question What's my life expectancy on that rack?
2: I don't think you'd ever wear one of those out either. That's why I said the manual racks we can't get rebuilt because they don't go bad. The power ones they do, but the part in the power racks that goes bad isn't like the rack and all that part, it's always it's not the mechanical parts, it's the seals and whatnot right so we have to get these racks with new seals in and then just take the seals and all the pistons and everything and cut it out throw it away <laughs> so it kind of sucks in a way but that's just the only way we can find them and even there there's we're having issues trying to find those those uh, racks any which way we use like a semi wheel rack whatever it is
0: and then you guys get, get that rack you fab it like like what's involved so i'm ordering it i'm ordering the rack i'm ordering everything Right? right except for obviously yeah. my from my torsion bars from my torsion arms out i'm keeping that stuff yeah, yeah. i'm getting yeah. a center beam i'm getting the the rack and pinion steering
1: mm-hmm.
0: how what's my what do i got to do to make the thing work
2: okay on the on on a bus uh-huh. the, what you have to do we we can mount the rack to the beam there'll be brackets and everything is all welded on all that stuff would be done but we use a vanigan bevel box which is another part that you can't buy new never seen a bad one though that's the problem that's why you can't get one new because they don't go bad so that what that does on vanigan they they have rack and pinion. so that's kind of how it works out but mm-hmm. it just changes the input of your steering so you know it's pointed down and forward it changes it and points it backwards okay towards the beam so because we mount the beat the rack is on the back of the beam right so it's a true rack and pinion. there's another company out there that uh does like a, a half rack type thing, and they put that where your steering box is, and they are still using that center link and that.
0: And know, my that buddy bought that, the one out of England, the CE Competition Engineering, I think. Yeah, makes it. yeah. But you're
2: uh, still, you, yeah. it's you still the, the play and everything. And all, you know, that's the center pin's like the worst part of it. You know, not that the steering box isn't bad, but the center pin is just as bad. So like the center pin is
0: the problem almost.
2: Yeah, yeah. You can put a new bushing in, but then. You need the right reamer and all that. And then most people won't do that right. And even then, you're still going to get some slop in there. You, know, you need to put taper bearings or something in that thing to get. Right. It's, it's just like so, it's
0: so much more work in fabrication, like just put a rack and it be done.
2: Yeah. And it's for every, you know, they don't, most cars, I don't even know if you find a car nowadays that does not have a rack and pinion in it. It's just better. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just a fact.
0: And so now the, the angle box, the I got to source myself.
2: No, no, we can get everything and we can make the brackets and stuff that you need to do. But to mount a bevel box in a bus, you still have to cut out part of your frame and there'll be some a little bit of fabricating there. We have templates of that stuff too. Okay. 90% of those, I'd say 98% of those, we've done here. We've cut that. We actually made a video of that as well. Of nice. Putting a rack of pinion in a bus. So that'd be something like if you're going to do it, watch the video just so you have a heads up. For me, sure. I've done it so many times now. Like I know how to do it, but. Right. Practice, you know, like a, you've never even seen it. You must, <laughs> You know. But it fits in there good, And the bevel box is tucked way up inside the frame, so that's another problem with a bus when you slam it, the steering box is hitting the ground. There's no steering box to hit the ground. So
0: Now could you fab your splash pan and put it back up underneath there just to cover it all up if you wanted to? I
2: don't I don't think so, but I've never tried it. Right. I've never even held one up there to be honest with you. Yeah. Mine's still sitting in my garage at home.
0: <laughs> You're hanging on the wall.
2: <laughs> and i don't even know where it is i know he's we're like, gonna cross it the other thing oh, yeah.
0: so now let's get down to the good part what's it what's it going to cost me for a setup for my bus my 67 bus what's the whole setup going to cost me
2: well the the kits are five thousand for a bus okay so that's not the rack and pinion. i think the rack and pay is like another 1500 to do all that something like that
0: Okay, so – and that ships it to me.
2: No, that's not ship. Whatever shipping is. Okay, plus shipping. We don't make – yeah, whatever they charge to do that, but we don't charge for that. (laughs) Okay. just ship them. (laughs) No problem. So that's
0: me me getting a beam, the lines, the hoses, the pumps, like everything. Shocks, everything, Now, let me ask a question about the shocks. So when you rearticulate everything down to the lowest end, Mm -hmm. are the shocks that you send – They're compressible all the way down to that articulation point?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We actually use Corvette shocks. I think they're either 83 or 93 Corvette rear shocks. Something else I found on the Samba somebody posted on there that they said worked really good. And I put them on my bus and it's like, this is terrific. They just work so well. One of the lucky ones. Because I think every shock manufacturer out there that makes lowered shocks hasn't got a clue what they're – I don't understand why they all make them so stiff. Like, the best shocks you can get are like old ones that are still in good shape, right? right? Are blown out because they're worn out some, and they they'll, they'll ride real nice. But everybody else is they're like just super stiff. You know, can't wait to beat all of them. Yeah, it's the gas adjust stiff.
0: is like is like punching I, a hammer. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I I don't understand. And even the empty we use the empty empty ones most of the time because they're like the best uh, the oil shocks. But I've often wanted to just like drill a hole and dump the oil out and try to put like thinner oil like they do in rc cars just right, to see right. If I can, like like modify one to make it work but it's probably more involved in that with valving and whatnot but
0: and now when yeah. you do when you do the steering rack um mm-hmm. you ship out tie rods and everything with it and the tie rods are designed to yeah. to go just to go right in
2: mm-hmm. yeah they don't, they don't auto that would all auto actually now it all hooked up if we right. had the spindles if we did your spindles here you we could set on it up right here yeah because
0: I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a beam on your Facebook page that has got yellow calipers on it
2: yeah, that was nice, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was I'm, some air-cooled brakes and stuff that that guy bought for that. Really cool. Yeah, but so, yeah, that was all powder coated like
0: that. I'm so. checking that out. And not that I'm a narc or anything, but I see there's a blanket that says not to be sold, the property U- U-Haul, in the, in the picture. And <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that was his. <laughs> he shipped it with it. No. Yeah, but, I don't
0: know. <laughs> so the tie rods will fit right into, like like they're set to go right into bus spindles. Yeah. So whether you have flip spindles or – not flip spindles. It'll. I mean, it. It. You turn you it either need, way to make it work. Fit.
2: Yeah. When when you lower them, you need to. to I mean, on any bus that you're going to lower, like you're going to re uh, taper the, the You're
0: going to re- yeah. The, the
2: outer tie rod and You have to retaper it from the bottom side so that the tie rod's not going to be way up into the frame. I mean, when they correct. get low like this, you have to cope out the frame and all that stuff too. depending on how low you go, but. Well, Most all the ones that we do that with tubs and stuff, you're gonna end up having to do that.
0: So if so if somebody's gonna order with with if someone's gonna order bus front suspension with the uh, rack,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the the rack it looks like the rack mounts are welded into the beam. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's all part of
0: it. So everything. So am I right that uh, to assume that everything you make is to order?
2: Yes, absolutely. And so, what's we my make timeline? The beam, I order beam from
0: you today. What's it going to take me to get it?
2: It's going to be right now at least three months, probably a little longer. Actually, we're backed up quite a bit. Actually, and we got like ten of them going right now.
0: Nice. Wow, that's uh, I mean, and you're still doing all the other fabrication stuff that you do. And so now, do you see the VW stuff starting to pick up for you?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, the whole shop is full of Volkswagen stuff. <laughs> nice I think we've had a race car in here in a long time so.
0: <laughs> but I mean it, it, are, are you surprised at the market that's out there like how many people want these
2: they, no you know if, if, if this would work in every type of car not just air cool Volkswagens it, it's so much better than air ride by by a mile it, it, if it would work in everything then that would be the way to go I mean it,
0: in theory it'll work in, in everything with a torsion bar
2: well I mean it not necessarily because, like my Dodge truck has torsion bars, but they point front to back. So you could set one up that way. Yeah, set it to go against the keys,
0: like, the like where the keys would are. Work.
2: Sure, right, exactly, exactly. But he's yeah. just trying to mount. You know, you have to make cylinder mounts and then to engineer it right where it actually doesn't break on you. Yeah, that's that where time.
0: I leave the party. Like, you, I'll let you engineer it. I'll, <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll be over by the boulevard looking in the plate glass windows at my reflection. Um, <laughs> right. And trying to take like take the picture now, you know what I mean? Like just trying to get the that, that's where you'll find me. I'll leave you the engineering and all that right. stuff. But no, I I think it's I, I think it's a fantastic setup, man. And, and and now I don't want to leave the bug guys out for the bugs. Right. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the price point on a, a system for a bug?
2: On a bug, it's like forty eight hundred. It's a little bit cheaper. So it's forty
0: eight hundred for a bug, but it's yeah. still all the same parts and pieces. And yeah. is it necessary to remove? To the pan,
2: like I said, I makes think it you easier to do it without it. But it definitely makes it easier. We made a video of that as well with Rob, you know, when we did that put the weld of the rear assembly in, and, and I mean, show everything. I think do it. It's
0: bottom line: if you're going to cut, if, if if you're not afraid to cut the top of your housing out,
2: yeah, like your package
0: tray, then it's easier. Yeah. You can do it inside the car.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, even then, though, you still have to hold this thing up. And it's not like a lightweight piece. It's heavy-duty. It's got bronze bushings inside it as well. And, you know, there's a lot of steel right there to make it last forever because that's the idea. So yeah. to, if, you, if you're doing it with the, the body not off, obviously, you're not flipping the car upside down. So you have to, like, jack the thing up and hold it in place upside down while you're welding it in. No, you couldn't do it, though. You know, you just yeah sometimes like you know you can change your generator or your alternator in your car without taking the engine out right it's easier to take the engine out. right right
0: (laughs) now so that's for the bug setup and now have you Mm -hmm. done anything with type threes i would think type three is easier
2: yeah because the rear torsion housing comes out i just haven't had time to to honestly engineer it because it would be a whole different thing and we've just had so many of the other ones to do i've had you gotta staff me. up,
0: yeah. man. Listen, I'm t- as your manager now, I'm just gonna tell you we gotta staff <laughs> up. <laughs> the demand is coming. But I think the more people see this, the more uh, the more everybody gets really interested about it because yes. you know, everybody loves their car low, and then yep. you've got the back and forth of static or bags or whatever the yeah. case is, and the static guys believe bags are cheating and they're they're going to the dentist every two weeks to get their fillings put back in because they're knocking their fillings out because they're so hardcore that they ride with no suspension. And then the bag guys are, you know, believing that they've... And the crazy part is, really, all the bag setups for Volkswagen stuff, because it's a torsion design front suspension, from my experience, they don't ride the same as the factory torsions. Right.
2: You know what I mean? This this doesn't change the ride at all. It it is the same ride. It literally is. And let me ask this question.
0: (laughs) This this does not ever change the alignment. Like, a bag setup changes the alignment.
2: Well, no, because... uh, on a bug, you have that real short left tie rod, right? which when you go up and down a lot with it, that's going to produce bumps there. There's no way of getting around it. That's why you want to use a center load uh, rack pinion like we do on all of them anyways, just to make the rods go always close to the center as possible. Because the longer the rods are, the less toe chain you'll have. So right. the idea is just try to get your toe to work in that range of movement that you got. Mm-hmm. So it's all about where that where the tire rod is placed in the middle and where it's placed on the outside. So you're trying to pass the, basically you're trying to pass the chain. You want your tie rods in the middle to be horizontal. And then when they go up, they go in a little bit on the outside, you know, they kind of mm-hmm. t- angle up. and then the So it shortens it a little angle. bit. So it does
0: change. Just, it does change the tone a little
2: yeah, bit. Yeah. So that's going to happen no matter if you did air ride or our hydraulics or whatever, but you know, it's static. It's not going to, but like you said, you know, right. You're driving that lower is crazy they're committed they're committed <laughs> they're to the car. yeah like i've said other people say oh you drive that down girl like you're not getting that down my dirt road to get my house. Right. <laughs> like, it's just, and i drive my like, every single day and i have for over eight years now it's it, and that you know that's more than two times up and down that street a day
0: now so, how, how many kits have you done so far total do you think
2: geez i don't know i bet we've done over 50 at least
0: i mean I and know. there's a lot of time in building those kits oh yeah
2: it's, it's, we, yeah, honestly, like it sounds expensive, but if you came here and watched how much time we spent doing it and they care, everyone's perfect. It's, it, there's no, nothing's slacked on, nothing is they, no compromises. I wouldn't do that. I, I, I feel like if if there's a problem, man, I had a guy up in a uh, top Alabama, and I actually delivered the kid, it was an air-cooled Volkswagen stop up there. I, I delivered the kid in my bus, just, it was a weekend, I'm like, I'll just drive it up to him, what the heck. So i dropped it off but then they had a problem with it and it wasn't working and it, it at, long story short it ended up it was just the battery they were using was no good And I, <laughs> the first thing i asked them was like you guys using a battery or a battery charger because you know it's got some amps that it pulls for a second there when you hit the button and turns out it was that but i was ready to jump back in the bus and drive back up there as a lady uh-uh there's, it was working when it was here i test everything every pump that we do we put it all together we test it on if you know it's not my bus we'll test it on one of the buses that we're working on in here or the one we're working on or we have a, another chevy panel truck that i had here i tested a couple on that because it has hydraulics. right <laughs> it's whatever it takes
0: so now um can you set limits in the system like if you want it to only go so high and you want it to stop you know, or we are
2: working on it. i have a friend and as a friend that I just met this guy not that long ago and I've been looking for somebody to be able to do that because I don't know how to do that kind of stuff well and it's, anytime it's, you it's hand something, something
0: over to a customer that's adjustable they're gonna find the maximum that they can adjust it to and then take it to the next level and blow it apart and be like hey man
2: no this- <laughs> you can't you couldn't you couldn't do anything to like I said like it's got a pressure relief out and so, so it's you got to stop all the way up and, and held the button on all that happens is there's a little spring with a ball inside. That's what the pressure relief valve is. It's so basic mechanical that it's not even funny. And when you, when it pushes, it just pushes the spring around that ball. You know, the ball pushes into the spring and lets the fluid back into the pump. So nothing happens. Nothing happens at all. So you just it you're just
0: wasting energy. You're just pushing like
2: and nothing's happening. And nothing's going on. You're right. not putting any more pressure in the hoses. Nothing. So you can't you can't you can't hurt it.
0: listen man listen i like everything that i hear so far man and i think i honestly believe like this is going to be like the next in my opinion this seems to make sense that this is like the next wave of adjustable suspension because oh yeah you know you're retaining good ride quality and that's that's what everybody's striving for as much as they want their cars low they want them to ride good
2: yeah that's the whole idea just like might as well make everything make it better like you don't have to have a car from the 60s that drives like a car from the 60s you can fix all that stuff the technology's here yeah just just figure out what you need to do to make those things happen and Mm -hmm. i think all i mean my bus looks like a pile of crap but that thing drives beautiful everybody that's driven the thing is just amazed.
0: and and now the the control switches those are they they mount to the dash or how how's that done
2: yeah we have two switches one for the front and one for the rear. They're just two positions and they stop in the center. So if you lift the front, it's just push up and the front comes up. So another good thing about that, the way we did the hydraulics on these is you don't have to deal with the left and the right. Where on right. On the right you do. So right. if you have more, like two people sitting on the, or even one person sitting on the, the driver's side and nobody on the other side, the, the passenger side is going to come up higher because there's less pressure over there. Well, we don't have to worry about that because we're twisting the stock horseshoe bar in the middle so it doesn't know if one side's heavy or not it's going to twist the same amount every time
0: and that makes All sense it. and it's like if you want three-wheel motion to get a low rider
2: <laughs> you yeah we actually did we did one where a guy in california asked me if i could make the rear split because there's two cylinders on a right pivot, and he wanted his to split and i'm like well technically we can sure but i don't know if that'll work he's like i'll be the guinea pig i want to try
0: <laughs> yeah that's kind of i
2: did it and and he's never, he never got it all finished yet, but I'm real curious to see if it would work. But yeah, technically it would do it if you wanted it to.
0: Now, I, 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 so I wanted to ask you a question about the seat. There's also a seat that I saw on your Facebook page, like a tilt forward front seat.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Is
0: that a one-off seat or are you making those seats for people?
2: Uh, that was, well, that was just one-off. That was for that van again we did. Being, uh, Cause
0: you know, that's a big problem with the bus world. Like if you're over five, eight and you've got tubs, you're oh, staring yeah. at the headliner. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah that, that that van again. It was, a, it was a pickup, and we had to build big tubs in there. I remember I think it had 17 inch wheels on or 18. Yeah, mountain.
0: that they thing is that thing is gangster, man. I was looking at this thing. I'm like, yeah. man, that thing is ridiculous. <laughs> and <laughs> that
2: then, thing is so cool. I
0: don't even know what's with all the. Uh, I looked underneath the the in the treasure chest on there, and there looked like the, it looked like it had like a tilt bed set up on it. Or what's all the four? There's like no. F-
2: what are those that's, four coils a, underneath? That's it. It's a different type of hydraulic system, okay? That's, this, is, this is what I'm doing to my Winnebago, I don't know if you've seen that. Well, I've seen the Winnebago. Video, yeah, that, that's going to have a system like the Vanning in there. And they do this a lot over over in England, where basically you put a cylinder in each wheel, so that lifts it up and down, but there's no, the, the hydraulic fluid doesn't compress, so you don't have any suspension. So you put a T in each one, and then that hose runs over to that spring box you've seen under the right, I'm looking at there. it. And it pushes that's it's hooked at the end of that cylinder. So if you lift up a wheel, it pushes the fluid through the line back into the cylinder that's in that treasure chest, and it pushes against the coil spring over there. So
0: it's like a floater so almost.
2: The spring just works off to the side, it's just like a remote mounted spring, but fluid it's that's done through fluid. So, so you it's can like literally a shock. Take that... It's not a shock now. I mean, well, the fluid could act as a shock, but there's more to a shock. But what we're saying is it.
0: you've got fluid, it, you've got fluid in the cylinder in the actual, at the wheel, and then it tees off and the, and you're also putting fluid into that spring location. So that there's a little bit of, is that what's happening? There? No, no,
2: no. The, the, like imagine if you took like a two syringes and you put them end to end and mm-hmm. you put in one had fluid in the other didn't and you filled up the other syringe you know it would push the other syringe right. out right it's, that's what's happening here but that other syringe is, is that other cylinder that's under there pushing against a spring so as it pushes it pushes against the spring so your spring is just remote mounted at this point you could set that spring box on the floor next to it. And after the car's up in the air, you could bounce the car up and down, just wiggle it, you know, shake the car, Mm -hmm. and you can watch the springs move. There's a really cool YouTube video. It's only a a few minutes, but it's, it's, I think if you look up, like, Yeah, I'll put a link to it.
0: I'll put a link to it. And so what's the the purpose people are doing that? Just because of no room inside the wheelhouse, and then they move the spring location to the inside so that you actually have a hydraulic ram at the wheel and the spring inboard in the car.
2: Right, Exactly. Exactly. And you don't the cylinder is hard mounted this way. So like low riders they, they usually have like a it's more kind of set up like a coil over, but the cylinder has to move up and down inside of a coil spring or you have to have it on the other end, which takes up a lot of room that way. Right. And they, use, they tend to use much shorter springs on low riders for that reason and heavier springs, so yeah, this but freaking this vanigan
0: know. truck is gangster boogie, dude. Like I'm looking at this thing like, man. <laughs> like, I've never looked at one like I wanted one before until I, I saw this one. I'm like, man, I'll drive the crap out of that.
2: Same. Yeah, when that thing came in, we were, it was like, that was cool. It was actually like, was on air ride, but just so janky, it wasn't even funny. And then he's a, the customer was asking us, you know, like, what do you think? we would do hydraulics, but, you know, obviously it doesn't have torsion bars. So it was how are we, you know, well, the spring boxes, it's not something I designed or And then We've obviously designed that and built it, but it's not like my idea been doing it a lot over in, in england they've been doing that for years that way it's funny because like nobody does it over here at all like, right? right maybe oh, they do it in england
0: in europe because they got to hide it from the tech inspectors yeah. just, you know <laughs> what i mean they paint it to look like it. they paint those cylinders orange and put a coney sticker on them yeah. and <laughs> exactly. like they're like oh Shock. no it's 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 my stock shocks and they're like out oh, of the spring box inside
2: yeah exactly
0: no that's rad cool. man man i think i, I just think it's you're just doing some rad stuff, man, and I really dig what you're doing. And, uh, I, Thanks. you know, I've been, we've been trying to connect over Facebook for a little bit, and I'm glad we were able to, uh, to get connected today. And, uh, man, I've learned a lot about your setup, and I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna order one from you. So, <laughs> you'll
2: definitely enjoy
0: it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, because I'm redoing my one bus, so I really want it to be done the way I've always wanted it. And it was, like I said, when you're looking at lowering your bus, I want to drive my bus and, I'm kind of a, like, I don't want to slow down for a speed bump. Like, I want to fur- yeah. like, just, you know. Just go over. Yeah, like, I'm can, not trying
2: to. You, the, this beauty of this, you can, like, lift it up and leave it there for a week, a month, and, and come back out, and the thing will sit there. It just be, it doesn't come down. It's so crazy. Air ride, you, you got, like, an hour, and that thing's already leaking out. And I know people are like, oh, I, you know, I've done it. I fixed the leaks, and I made it not leak. But I have done the same. I've fixed them. I've done a lot of customers' cars, and they always leak again, and you're just always dealing with that. When you drive real low with an air, with air ride car, you have really low air pressure, so your spring rate's real soft and mushy, and then when you lift it up high, now it's hard and bouncy. Basically, the opposite of what you'd want if you could even do that, but you can't. You're you know you never wait for the compressor to fill up. You just, I mean, you, nobody's ever taken this stuff out. It's not like air ride people, they, they pull it out of their cars all the time because they're just sick of dealing with it. Yeah. And I knew I didn't want to deal with it, and I was going to drive it. I literally drive my bus everywhere. I drive it every day everywhere. <laughs> well I have a I have a great.
0: car I have a car being built right now that's been in the body shop for a little bit, but it's got it's got the the cool ride slash Mendiola four coil suspension set up on it. Yeah the, the yeah, four yeah, yeah. ARM and I'm like that'd be perfect mm-hmm. car to bag, but the whole reason I went with the four coil suspension is because I wanted to take that car to the track, like I want to take my split to the track. You know what I mean? While right. the dudes are in their Porsches and stuff, and I'll be out there yeah. railing the the split window and just blowing people's minds. And then I thought, like, oh, that'd be a really cool car to bag because you go all the way down. But now yeah. you're talking about by the time you buy that suspension setup, you're six thousand bucks. Another four thousand dollars for a bag setup, at least.
2: Yeah. Least that's and on you're the cheap sure, side. It, and it's still not going to work as well. That's just it. Like, no matter what you, no matter how much money you spend on that airbag system, that's just how they work. Right. It's just, that's the design. And I'm right. I mean, sure it'll work, but it's not going to work like this does. It' not as simple and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, low like pressure. Say, even the left and right, not having to deal with none of that. It's just, we had a Porsche kit car here not that long ago that had air ride, and the guy wanted us to, I do not even remember what we were fixing on it, but it. it I literally had to, like, Lift the car up, let the compressors fill back up again, and then lift it the rest of the way. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> my god, this just ridiculous.
0: <laughs> I saw the post. I saw the post you had on your Facebook page where it said um, he took his purse and he's in a driveway waiting for his air, t- air tank to <laughs> exactly. fill back up before he leaves.
2: <laughs> I did not have to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: but that's but that's the thing. That's the and that, and then that's where. Like, the guys go with air because they think it's more reliable than hydraulics from a traditional suspension setup That's standpoint.
2: exactly, yeah. I, I still have like people all the time, no matter how many times. I, I sit there and tell them, explain it, show them. And then, yeah, but how does it ride? And I'm like, I thought we just went over all, this, all right, you right. Know? And still, they still because all you can think about is low riders and they see them breaking and all this. But what they're doing with them is amazing. So like, if you figure the load they put on it that it actually handled, even if it only handled it one time, it was incredible. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: It's, it's just funny because, you know, no one, like when I looked at the suspension, I thought, well, let me check this out. And I thought, and, and as I looked at it, I thought, that's genius because you're always under stock suspension. Mm-hmm. No matter how, if you're an inch off the ground or eight inches off the ground, you still have yep. the stock suspension spring rate, yep. which yep. is designed for the weight of the car. And with any other adjustable suspension setup, whether it's static or whether it's air or whatever it's going to be, no matter whatever it is, you're changing the spring rate to some degree. You know what I mean? So yeah. it will ride different than factory. And there is nothing in the Volkswagen world that rides nicer than a, I mean, Type Three. But uh, oh, yeah. you know, in the Type, yeah. <laughs> in the in the Beetle, just a stock bus or a stock bug. Yeah. Like when we drive one, we're like, you know, it's like a scooter, bro. Like you don't, none of your buddies want to see you on it, but they sure are fun to ride. And you yeah. get in a stock car, you're like, well, this is kind of nice. You're like, no, nah, I'm not that old yet. I can't have a stocker. You know, what I mean? <laughs> I you know you. Cause some some guys are just committed to the cool. And not that the guys in yeah. the stalkers are not cool. We just have different yeah. appreciations. Right, so right. now, nah, man, I, listen, I, bro, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast, man. This has answered a ton of questions. And I assure you this, when this podcast airs, you are going to get bombarded with phone calls. Well, <laughs> even better than that, I'll send you a link to this podcast so you can put it on your website so you don't have to get bombarded with p- questions. They can listen oh. to this and get all their questions answered and just place their order is what they yeah, can that's do. that's fine. Because that I think, is, is, is there anything that we didn't cover that you feel is important that we need to cover in, this, in the suspension? Or do you think we covered it all? Yeah,
2: no, I think we got it all. Well, It's that simple.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, listen, I think, it's, I think it's great what you're doing, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast.
2: No problem. Bud. Appreciate
0: it. Well, if you guys are intrigued on that suspension, make sure you reach out to Ryan over there, at Demon Motorsports. You can look him up on Facebook. Also, he's on Instagram. Hit him up if you decide to order a kit, man. Make sure you let him know that you heard it on Let's Talk Dubs. Uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to getting one for mine. If you're enjoying the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review, or on any platform that you listen to us, make sure you give us a review. Tag us on Instagram or Facebook whenever you're out helping to share the podcast. We love when you share it with your friends. Until next week, guys. Later.
1: A